We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. New November contest up on the Patreon. Monthly contest, as you guys know, $10 tier or above. You will be eligible to compete in this. Shout out to my guy, E-Killer, who is running this contest with me as well. Making sure all you SOBs are getting put into these contests, I should say. The game is not Triple H. The game is ESPN's Streak for the Cash. The objective, you pick the correct outcome of whatever event you're choosing from. It could be a tennis match. It could be a baseball match. It could be a football game. It could be a soccer game. Whatever you want to do. UFC this weekend. You want to get wild? Do that. Person with the highest streak at the end of the month will win the prize. In the event of a tie, the winner and a tiebreaker will be the person who has gotten the most correct picks in the month of November. What do you have a chance to win? I'll tell you right now, folks. I know you're wondering. Prizes to the winner will include a custom VM hat and shirt. If you guys have seen the Instagram page, some of the merch that I'm selling. The package is $50 worth. You will be getting that as a reward for winning this contest. Personal shout out on all the social medias and the podcast. Send us a photo. We'll post it up all over the place. And I'm calling this one. I think this is the one that's going to get the most people excited for. Celebrity segment appearance. 10 to 15 minute segment on a Monday pod where you, the winner of this contest, chooses the topic. And we kind of just sit back and shoot the breeze. Invites are already being sent out. Some of you have gotten in, but some of you that are already Patreon members, please go to the Patreon site. Fucking visit it. You're paying for this service, folks. All right? I know you're getting some of the extra content. You're in the Discord. We're always, always talking in there. But I want you guys to compete in this stuff because that's one of the perks that you are getting in return for your lovely monthly subscription to the Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. You can check it out. It's already up there. You guys have until November 1st to get your asses in there, and then the fun starts. With that being said, today's episode, we are adding two more teams to The Walking Dead, folks. Two teams we are adding to The Walking Dead segment. 
on top of the other teams that we mentioned, we'll run through those. I got a couple of questions from you guys that I'm going to answer, whether it's from the Discord, i.e. the Patreon members, Instagram, or on Twitter. And I'm attaching an interview that I did with Conrad Hoyt from Culture Hub. Remember, I mentioned Culture Hub did a really, really cool feature piece on me a couple of weeks ago. This is the interview that I did with them for the podcast. So sit back, relax, take your shoes off. Have yourself a nice, delicious beer from our sponsor, Taver. And we will catch you guys on the Thursday pod, baby. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the number one sports and recreation, sports and conversation, number one podcast in the world, Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Davis at The Lame Show. I am flying solo for the first part of this show, and then I got a cool interview at the end with my guy Conrad from Culture Hub. Check out them boys over there, Culture Hub, on all social media outlets. I love their website. They provide a platform for young, inspiring entrepreneurs, go-getters, hustlers, all that fun stuff on there. So definitely check out Surge and CJ's website over there. And my guy Conrad who wrote that piece. But before we get to that, first half of the episode, we got some fun stuff planned. I got some questions from you guys. So we will be running through these questions that I got. But real quick, some initial thoughts on the week eight slate. I do have a video dropping later tonight. If you're listening to this on a Monday on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash veterans minimum uh a new a new segment idea kind of calling it the abcs and i'm running through the week the weekend and the week that was in alphabetical order right a b c d e f g what and i'm giving out like one bar on each letter it's pretty cool it came out really dope i just gotta edit it and put it together but yeah definitely check that out the youtube channel we got some stuff you want to see some of the podcasts being recorded you can check that out on the youtube channel as well shout out to my guy jay 416j and my guy dom who are helping with the editing but initial thoughts on week eight man this san francisco team is legit folks and you know i picked them to win their division right now they are in first place in their division i had them as a two seed in the nfc uh they're seven and all right now they still have two games against the Seahawks. So, essentially, the Seahawks are just a game back to take care of business. But the coolest thing with them is they lead the NFL. Sorry, they lead the NFC, I should say, in point differential. And also, they're a team that schemes so many people wide open. It is unbelievable. And good players get open, but great schemes get them wide open and there's sometimes that George Kittle is running crossing routes or some of these wide receivers who I think they have a lot of B minus wide receivers that could be harsh but for the time being Debo Samuel he is a dude that's only 21 22 years old so I'm not really putting him in the Julio Jones category I think he's C plus B minus but no team that runs jet sweep is successful <laughs> unless it's the San Francisco 49ers and like the occasional Tyreek Hill the tie freak end around. But I really like this Niners team. And man, Nick Bosa. I remember I showed uh, Allen a ticket. I made a wager on Devin Bush to be defensive rookie of the year. 
And he was like, oh, yeah, I think he's going to win that, man. This was, this was like after week five. It was when Devin Bush, whenever the Chargers played the Steelers on Sunday Night Football and they showed the graphic that he had four fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles. He had a pick six also. And then he was like, oh, you know what? Scratch that. I, I think Nick Bosa might be defensive player of the year. He said that then, and now it's gaining a lot more buzz because Richard Sherman came out and he said, man, I think he's a defensive MVP. And it's hard to argue against that. Again, had a pick similar to what Julius Peppers did back in the day. Kind of just like offensive lineman went to like cut block him and he just jumped up and picked the ball off and then ran it all the way back. So that defense is sensational. I think it tells you what a dominant edge rusher could bring to a defense. But I also think that the Niners have just spent a lot of money and a lot of draft capital on that defensive side of the ball. And that's why it's paying dividends now. And that's why it's coming into play as them being one of the best defenses. I think they're the best defense in football. And I know we can make the case for the New England Patriots. But, man, I think that the San Francisco 49ers have just played better competition. It's one of those things where in the past when you would look at the the AP poll in college, shout out to LSU, now the number one team in college football. But I think in the past, you would look at those AP polls, those coaches polls, Harris polls, whatever polls, there were so many polls, man, the BCS poll. But you would make the case that this team didn't really play the same amount of, the same level of competition as the B team. This, This team, A team over here, has played mediocre talent and they're undefeated. Well, this team has ran through the SEC and they've played Wisconsin in Wisconsin, and they won. You know, so that's the case that I will make for San Francisco. I, I think San Francisco is the most dominant team in the league, and that might be a hot take. But I think that the San Francisco 49ers are for real. You know, I want to see them against the Rams; they held their own. I want to see them against Cleveland; they dominated. I want to see them against Carolina. I actually gave Carolina out as they were, they were one of my favorite picks of the weekend. Plus six on the road, coming off a bye, Ron Rivera undefeated. And that's what you do if you're San Francisco. You absolutely pummel teams. So hats off to the San Francisco 49ers. I think that was a big win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Back against the ropes. People counting them out. Impressive win going into Buffalo. Buffalo's a really, really good team. Um, Kansas City has now dropped three games in Arrowhead. They're 1-3 and three at home. They're 4-0 and oh out of Arrowhead. And this is a team that has been super dominant in the past when playing in Arrowhead. So that's a little alarming. But they are also second in the NFL in points for, despite not having Pat Mahomes uh, for two games. So I think it's the AFC is starting to to come into form. But man, the Colts, shout out to the Colts. Jacoby Brissett made one of the craziest plays I think I've seen all year. That throw to T.Y. Hilton up the sideline where he escaped a Von Miller sack and safety and just rolled out and threw an absolute strike 35, 40 yards downfield. Essentially won the game for them. So the Colts are at five and two. Texans are five and three. These two teams, uh, they've already played each other just last week. And the Colts have the tiebreaker over them. So man, this Colts team, you know, it's it seems to be for real. Jacoby Brissett is probably playing quarterback as good as anyone right now, you know? Like I'm not saying he's an MVP, but he's playing at a really high level. And I think that team goes to show you that if you can run the ball, if you have a okay defense and you have a sensational offensive line, which they have the best offensive line in football, you can win games. So let's see how this division, that division, you know, we talked about the NFC North a while ago on the show as being the best division in football, and that's kind of tailed off a little bit. 
No one in the AFC South is below 500. Titans and Jaguars are tied for last, but they're both four and four. Now you got the Texans five and three. They just lost JJ Watt. That is three of the last four years that JJ Watt is going to end the season on IR. And that's a brutal blow for a guy who's just good for the game, right? He's just a good, he's a good ambassador for the game. He's just a good dude. He did all that stuff for the hurricane in in Houston a couple of years ago and raised all that money. His goal, I think, was like two hundred thousand dollars and it raised like forty million. It was something incredible. But again, this guy, you know, tears his peck on a very basic, simple tackle, and then it's now half for the year. Um, what else? Buffalo, we mentioned how they lost. Uh, Ravens probably come out this week the best, right? Didn't play, rested. Now they're going into Foxborough this weekend. I guarantee you that's going to be a game of the week. Ravens and the Pats uh, going to be a huge test for these Patriots because, you know, this is the first time that they're going to play. Well, second time, but this is the first time that they play Lamar Jackson at this level. And this is the first time they're going to play a true po- uh, running quarterback, uh, a guy who's man, Lamar Jackson. I couldn't have been more wrong, folks. Uh, and I apologize to all the Lamar Jackson truthers, but I was wrong. And I'm happy to admit defeat because that kid's the best quarterback of that draft class. All right, Sam Darnold seeing goals again. Another rough, rough outing for him. And Lamar Jackson, big test against the New England Patriots. And that's a team who Baltimore always just plays the Pats tough. If you ask some Patriot fans, like my buddy Davino, he's a big Pats fan. The one team that gets them nervous the most is Baltimore. They've beaten them in the playoffs t- twice. They're always tough outings. It's just games where, you know, the Pats have to bring out the double, triple reverse with the offensive lineman not being eligible and shit with Edelman and Amendola. So this is always a fun game, and I'm really, really excited and looking forward to it. And I'm very happy that this game is going to be Sunday Night Football and the Ravens are going to be home. So we'll definitely talk about this more during the week. And, yeah, it's a game that I'm definitely excited for. The one biggest concern that I have going forward is, and it was a concern for me that I had all of offseason. Guys, Todd Gurley is shot. Uh, He can't run the way he used to. And I am telling you, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, this dude, Darrell Henderson, is a beast. And when they unleash him and when they decide that, yo, I think the Rams, both L.A. teams need to do the same thing. They need to go to their running backs that have made them famous and have been very, very good for them, Melvin Gordon with the Chargers and Todd Gurley with the Rams, and tell them, hey, guys, we just need to cut ties because Darrell Henderson is going to be an absolute savage when they unleash him. And Austin Eckler has been sensational with the Chargers when they allow him to be sensational. And we just can't do it. We can't do it as an organization. We are throwing away our season by doing that stuff. And I think another team that is throwing away their season is the Chicago Bears. Keep trotting out Mitchell Trubisky. I told you guys for months, he is not a good quarterback. Uh, the hype train that was developed with him being an MVP candidate, with them being a Super Bowl contender, everything that I felt about this team coming into the year has come into fruition so far. Trubisky struggles to throw. He is holding this team back. The defense is not as good as it was last year. You cannot count for a team to be that dominant year to year on the defensive side of the football there are outliers you have the Seahawks you've had the Ravens in the past it's just something that you can't account for 
And the Bears are also playing a first-place schedule that they didn't play last year and they completely benefited from. And the last thing, staying with that Bears and Chargers game, the Chargers walked away with a victory. But I tweeted this out yesterday, and it's something that I always harp on. It's something that I always mention. Year to year, one of the biggest tools that professional sports bettors use as a as a measuring stick to breaking down and handicapping a team from year to year, it is two things. Turnover margin, and it is also the idea of one possession games. And I know I have mentioned this in the past, but it is very true. Teams in one possession games year to year, they do not translate. A big factor when we talk about these teams year to year, the record in one score games. You can't bank on a team being as good as they were the year before or as bad as they are that year when you're breaking them down for the year ahead. So the prime example, the L.A. Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers last year in 2018 were 6-1 and one in one-score games. This year, they are 2-5 and five in one-score games. The ball just doesn't bounce your way. The whistles don't go your way. The outcomes don't go your way. And that is something that happens year to year, and it is something very important. The Chicago Bears also fell into this trap as well. So enough about that. I got some questions from you guys, but let's have a word from our sponsor real quick, and then we will be able to get into some of these questions from you fans. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. New sponsor for Veterans Minimum and a special, special shout out to the good folks over at Manscaped. Support for Veterans Minimum comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, baby. Listen, what a fantastic, fantastic play on words. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary, that's a bar, skin-safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. I've had my fair share. If you've seen me, I am very, very hairy, folks. That comes from being a dirty, dirty lamb of Greek descent. And you don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls because that's just nasty and that's ratchet. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code VM at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, your balls, and I will thank you later. That is manscaped.com at checkout. Use the promo code VM for 20% off and free shipping. Shout out to everyone that used the promo code VM with Manscaped. Some of you guys sent me pictures, and I appreciate that because we needed a couple of people to sign up, and it seems like we're going to have a full-time partnership with them. This was just a trial run, so good looking out, folks. Okay, so first question comes up from the Discord, a lovely patron, my girl Anna. Anaki. Anaki. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Keith. On the Twitch stream one time, he tried to read her name and he pronounced it like that. But Anna, Michelle, I know the TV product for football is infinitely better than attending a game in person. What is one thing, in your opinion, the NFL can implement to make attending games in person more enticing to the average fan? The appeal with going to games, Anna, is the experience. And 
I might be the wrong person to ask this because I'm going to flex right now. I've been to over 50 NFL games in my life, 10 of them being Super Bowls. So I've been to the cream of the crop. I've been to the top of the mountaintop. I've watched the best that there is. It's the experience. Now, it has gotten so bad. I went to the Bills game week two with the Giants. Yo, I went, I tailgated, I had a great time. It was awesome. It was a beautiful day. Uh, It was the home opener. It was exciting. The game fell flat. Bills score with about five minutes left. I turned to my buddy Adam. I'm like, yo, let's just head out. Guys, I didn't get home till 7.30. I left the stadium at 3.40. I got in my car. By the time I walked all the way to the parking lot, it, it was about... 405. It took me an hour and a half to get out of MetLife Stadium. For all of you that have been to MetLife Stadium, if you guys are from the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, even Pennsylvania, you guys have been to Giant Stadium. Man, it is a shit show getting out. They had WrestleMania there earlier in the year. It's just it's just a bad setup. Uh, a lot of two-lane roads and then they open up into five, but by the time it opens up into five and spreads everything out, it's just a it's just a disaster. I think Anna and to anyone else that has felt this way, and if you look around, uh, attendance is down a little bit because, one, it's a shit show getting out to the games. It's a shit show leaving. It's a shit show in the stadium. I'm sorry, but I think one of the the wackest things about going to games is is, is Kyle and, and Bill from Kappa Sig fighting each other behind you. And... It's just annoying. Like, yo, I'm trying to go to a game to have fun and watch my team and root for my team. I'm not trying to fight anyone. First of all, I was never a fighter, right? I'm kind of trash. I'm soft. But I'm not going to games to fight. And it's just it's just gotten to a point where the, the TV product is so nice at home. Everyone is infatuated with betting and with the fantasy. So watching Red Zone... Like, I don't go to someone's house if they don't have red zone. I'm like, yo, you have red zone? No, I I ain't coming. That's just how it is now. So to make it more enticing to the average fan, I think it would have to be you're selling them on the experience of going to a game. But as someone that has been to many games and has been to the best games, it it is hard to attend in person. I don't see myself going to another Giants game. I I got the tickets to... Through Chat Sports, shout out to them. I do some contact with them. Check them out. Chat Sports on social media. I, I do some YouTube videos for them. So I got the tickets from that because I cover the Giants with them. But besides that, uh, it was just, it's just a tough, tough uh, experience. You know, it's a tough thing to have to go. And I don't know if I really answered your question, and I apologize. But Jordan Riley, another member of the Twitch gang and the Patreon, would you like to see OBJ with Sir Daniel Jones, a top tier outside wide receiver? Sterling in the slot, Ingram and Barkley could have been a dangerous offense. Uh, yeah. Jordan, you also spelled offense wrong here, you piece of trash. You always make fun of me for my uh, my English when I'm streaming, so karma. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. It's funny that Odell Beckham Jr. came out and said that with Baker Mayfield, he's going to have a career year, and his numbers through the first seven games that he's played are statistically the worst numbers that he's had. Since joining the NFL. 
So maybe Eli Manning wasn't as bad as we thought, folks, especially when targeting Odell Beckham. The issue wasn't Eli getting him the ball. The issue was how many times was he getting them the ball. There were a lot of times with Odell Beckham Jr. where he would see four or five targets and have two, three catches. It's like, no, this guy should be peppered with targets. So from that standpoint, I understand that. You also failed to mention Golden Tate, who had eight for 85 against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Daniel Jones started off the game very suspect, very ugly, with an awful, awful turnover, which he still needs to clean up. But then he ended up finishing the game sensational. He played really, really well. And I thought that Daniel Jones did as best he could with a defense that is not doing much favors for him, right? The Giants are never playing with a home a short field. You know, Daniel Jones becomes the second rookie in NFL history with four passing touchdowns and 300 yards, no interceptions in a game. Uh, that's per stats and info at ESPN. The other one was Marcus Mariota in 2015. And it's just something that they... I don't want it to be lost how well he played, right? He's shown progress. He's shown signs that he's a franchise guy, and that's exactly what I wanted coming into this year. I said from the beginning of the year, and you could go back and listen to the archives, I will take 4-12 and 12 if it means I would be in the position that the Jets were in coming into this year. Now, it hasn't panned out with the Jets because I think Adam Gaze is in over his head when you don't address the offensive line for a decade plus. This is what happens. They can't protect Sam Darnold. And also, Sam Darnold got hurt. So, but the Jets know that they have their guy. And that's exactly what I wanted the Giants to have in Daniel Jones. So, would it have been nice to have Odell Beckham? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be crazy not to from a talent perspective. But it is what it is. Uh, this one is from Goose, especially after today's game. We know Mitchell Trubisky has been a dud so far, but do you think his play has been the problem or the play calling for Matt Nagy? Horrible time management, I feel, for that field goal. So what Goose is saying, guys, if you guys missed this game, the Bears are marching, they have the ball, and Matt Nagy decided to kneel the ball down as opposed to maybe running another play and getting closer and his logic was why run the risk of losing yards well you're actually losing two yards when you take a knee so there's that as well uh, Mr. Nagy coach of the year last year I think Matt Nagy realizes that people got some tape on Mitchell Trubisky and whatever he showed last year which spoiler wasn't much anyway yo Allen Robinson is a legit number one wide receiver he's been productive with Mitchell Trubisky, and with Blake Bortles in his career. And I think Trubisky has been a dud, but it's kind of been expected, Goose. Like, none of this surprises me from Chicago. There's nothing that I've seen that has surprised me because this is exactly what I was thinking coming into the year. You know, they got a makeup call against, not even a makeup call. That was one of the worst calls of the year, the Mitchell Trubisky hit with either it was Bradley Chubb or it was Von Miller. It was someone from Denver that landed on him, and then they gave him 15 yards, and then ultimately Pinheiro, who missed the field goal yesterday, made a 53-yarder, and week two, everyone's like, oh, we got a kicker in Chicago, and now it's like, NFL, not for long when you're talking about kickers. So I think it's Trubisky. I think Trubisky caps the ceiling on this team, and it was something I've been saying since the end of last season. So that's how I feel about that. Maldo the Don, my guy Maldo. Too sweet me when you see me, papa. Who do you think the biggest pretenders and contenders are in the NFL at the halfway point? Maldo, I hate to do this. Spoiler, this is a, a big segment that we got planned for 
our Thursday pod because we are at the halfway point. So tune in for that one. J.S. Allen 13, John Allen says, what are your thoughts on the rumors about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots after the season and potentially joining the Chargers? Whoa. Whoa. John, please send me a link because I did not catch that last part about him going to the Chargers. I know he's a West Coast dude, but he's kind of been in Boston like his whole life too. So there is that. But, yeah, I didn't know about him going to the Chargers. That's rather interesting but he did put his house up on sale but apparently he did that in like july also so i don't know what to make of it but yo guys brady has not been that good brady is being bailed out by a defense that we have not seen ever through the first eight games of a season they continue to just put in touchdown after touchdown after touchdown and and cause so many turnovers and just confusing young quarterbacks and I am of the believer that they haven't been tested yet truly but hey you you beat who's on your schedule like boss always used to say so eventually the time is going to end in New England folks and it's not going to be fun when you have to scramble around to find a quarterback because I do think that Belichick and Brady are going to leave at the same time that's just my take I don't think one is good without the other and I always hated the, well, is it Belichick in the system or is it Brady? Why can't they just be both? Why can't both just be great? Does it matter? To me, it doesn't matter. Some of these questions now, these next couple questions are from the Instagram page at Veterans Minimum. If you guys were following us in the past couple months ago, the Instagram page has changed. So make sure you are following the right Instagram page. Ooh, a soccer question, lads. What do you think about the current state of VAR in the Premier League? How would you change it, or would you prefer the system be scrapped? Uh, he's talking about the Arsenal Palace game. Clearly shows that there's an issue. And for those of you guys that might not know, VAR is a video assistance replay for soccer. And I kind of liked it in the past, Cameron. But... I think replay has gotten too overwhelming. Like, you should just watch the replay one time, twice at most, and you make a decision. You don't need to slow it down to the, you know, point zero zero one second to see everything. And that's why I think there's the issue. You know, sometimes offsides are not offsides, and it it's a it's a second party that brings you down and whatnot. So. I like the idea, but they, this is all stuff that is made to improve the game. And a lot of times it just delays it, right? There's a coach's challenge in basketball and the games are just taking a lot longer now. And I know it's like two minutes and I'm being extra, but it ruins the flow. You know, if Steph Curry's nine of nine from the field, like don't don't go on a five minute break because you want to re review if this ball went out of bounds on someone. Well, that kills the flow of the game. Wenty Macas? Macus? Oh, boy. You said in the past you would always trade for an established star over rookies. With that being said, and you're hard on for Daniel Jones, that's damn right. Would you rather the rumors of Russell Wilson going to New York in the offseason come true or stick with Daniel Jones? I would rather stick with Daniel Jones, and here's why. I know it's going to sound crazy. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is as good or even better than Russell Wilson. I'm not saying that because I think Russell Wilson is an all-time talent. And... 
is probably still the leading candidate for MVP. It's either him or Rodgers. Rodgers has definitely closed the gap on him. With that being said, I think one thing that we need to factor in as well, Wendy, is you're talking about a $35 million cap difference. You've already paid Russell Wilson. Now with the Giants, I'm very excited that the Giants are going to have, though they made this stupid fucking trade for Leonard Williams, another guy that you bring in that cannot rush the passer. Passer? Passer. And you give up a third and a fifth-round pick in the future. So that I am not not happy with. Uh, it's been a while since I've said this, but Fire Gettleman is back on, folks. Hashtag Fire Gettleman. So I think that's something that you need to factor in when you're talking about quarterbacks. right? The Giants are going to have close to $75 million in cap space. And if they get out from this Janoris Jenkins contract, who's rumored to maybe potentially be traded by the time we come back on Thursday, you know, the deadline is tomorrow, folks, Tuesday. October 29th, a lot could happen. So I would I would prefer the situation the Giants are in now because now if you're the Giants in the offseason and if you're any Giants, right, if you're if you're a team that has found their young quarterback and you have all this cap space before you have to pay them, this offseason you should be spending crazy. You should be, you know, BMF, blowing money fast. I need a linebacker, I'm going to go get the best linebacker. I need an edge rusher, I'm going to go get an edge rusher. I need a left guard, I'm going to go get a left guard. Because I don't got to pay a quarterback. And you overpaying, and that's how you build your roster. All right, last question here. Do you have any... Actually, no. I'll do two questions because this one's funny. My guy, Fox. Jeffrey Fox, 1991. Wow, you're a 91-er? Okay. like it, 91. Established 91, baby. Do any of you have QB experience? My Broncos are in need. Yeah, Joe Flacco just got, you know, neck stiffness. But I think it's, you know, hurt feelings from the organization for him calling them out. Um. Yeah, I do have experience. I'm actually a tremendous, tremendous rec league quarterback, and uh, you know, one of the best to ever do it out of my high school. And no one's here to debate me with it. So, those are just facts. Facts. Who loses first? This one's from some underscore one. <laughs> Who loses first? Pats or Niners? And do you think either one or both can go undefeated? Let's read through their next five and see where we can find a loss, folks. Cardinals are going to host the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday. Then they play on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. Then they got the Cardinals again. Then they got the Packers. Then at the Ravens. At the Saints. That's a tough build there for the San Francisco 49ers. And on the flip side, we have the Patriots of New England. They have at Baltimore, at Eagles, home to the Cowboys, at Texans, hold to home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, oh man, I think the Pats lose this weekend. So there's that. I'm going to go with the Pats. I think the Pats lose first. The Walking Dead, baby. The Walking Dead. Okay, so real quick before we end the show, I do want to mention The Walking Dead. So The Walking Dead, we started this around like week three or week four. It was the teams that I completely eliminated from the playoff picture. And for me, at the time, it was the Jets, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Skins, right? Steelers, if they win tonight on Monday Night Football, they are a 16-point favorite against the Miami Dolphins. They'll be 3-4. and four. And a lot of wackiness in that division, you know? I, I think we can remove the Steelers, but we're still going to keep them in there because I think without Big Ben, their ceiling is capped. Last week, I added the Giants and the Falcons to this. And this week, I'm adding two more teams. If you guys are ready, drum roll, please. 
The Tampa Bay Bucks, Jameis Winston, is an incredible watch because you want to watch how he's going to ruin it this week. I think the Bucks are in this pool. They're at 2-5 and five now. And as well, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. So, thank you all for listening. Uh, what you'll hear now is an episode, uh, a, a segment, I should say, with uh, Conrad Hoyt from Culture Hub. If you want to find me, it's at Veterans Minimum. It's the YouTube channel, Veterans Minimum. Please go on and subscribe there. A lot of cool stuff is being put out. Did this shit my own life. All right, so right now I'm currently in the office over at Culture Hub with my guy Conrad. Conrad, what's good, man? Introduce yourself to the people. What's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, so my name's Conrad. Um, working at Culture Hub a few months now. And Culture Hub's really a um, platform designed to help uh, creators of all type. And uh, kind of a pop pop culture website, you know, dealing with sports, design, music, um, really anything that um, is kind of for the youth right now. And, uh, you know, through uh, curation and videos, attending events, collaborating, really trying to put people on and uh, be like a motivational site for people. Um, I deal mainly in sports, but I go through, you know, I'm a big movie fan, big mm. music fan. And uh, I don't think I asked you, what, what, what's like your go-to, what's your favorite movie of all time then? I know uh, I'm putting you on the spot right uh, now. That's a tough. I have, I have my answer, that's why. Okay, well, maybe it's the same one because I think I got to go with Goodfellas, man. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Nah, it's, it, it's not. So, all right, I'm going to cheat a little bit, but it's my show, so I'm allowed to do so. Uh, <laughs> I love the Oceans movies. Oceans 11, 12. I haven't seen them. What? Yeah, I haven't okay. seen them. Okay, all right. So, like... I know what they are, though, of course. It's literally, like, an all-star team of right. actors. It's, like, at the time when they got them, they were all at the cream of the crop. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm a movie buff. And, you know, my friends make fun of me because up until, like, three years ago, I had never seen Sandlot. That was, like, okay. the running joke. Right. So, I'm not going to tell you that, like, uh, I'm... I'm uh, Ebert and Roper, I think their names are right. Robert, I know, e I know, uh, Roger, Roger Ebert. There e you go. Ebert, and, and, and e yeah, like I think yeah, I yeah. butchered it, but you know, the guys that gives like the thumbs up and cosigns or Rotten yes. Tomatoes and shit. Yes, like, I'm yes, not gonna pretend yes. to be that, but you know, if you get a chance for all the for all of you listening, Brad Pitt's outfits in the Oceans movies is like the most fantastic collection of outfits that uh, you'll ever see in your life. All right. So the Oceans movies, and then I loved The Dark Knight. And I, know, I agree. I know it might be because like Heath Ledger ended up passing away after, and a lot of it to how insane that role and how right. he like really became the Joker, yeah. kind of strangely enough. And you know, it's like one of those things where a painting is worth more after right. the artist dies, as opposed to you appreciate it, appreciate appreciate it while he's alive. Maybe that's the impact with The Dark Knight, but I think those two would probably be my favorite movies, man. Okay. But Goodfellas is a classic, it too. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I think The Dark Knight um, gets elevated from that mystique of Ledger, but... Totally agree with that. Yeah. Irregardless, that goes down as one of the best villain performances of all time. That movie is nuts. Like, you know how, you know, Marvel is like with Disney is like a monopoly right now. Yeah. But the fact that DC has that trilogy and especially that one right in the middle 
it's just like you can't you can't beat that. Yeah, just, you, you could put a put that up with Endgame. You could put that up with uh, anything. Right. You know, but I, it has I, I it think. has more of the element of like realism. I feel like right. Yeah, because movie. also like Batman was never a like he wasn't really a superhero as far as like natural like yeah crazy powers like right. he was just a regular dude that had money and yeah. wanted to like save people kind of right. at its core that's what it was like he wasn't like like uh, in a sense we could all be kind of like that with exactly, a certain amount of money and gadgets exactly yeah yeah but yeah man i really liked i really liked those movies there what shows are you like into i uh, mentioned shows I'm a big Sopranos guy. Okay. I um, maintain Sopranos and Breaking Bad are the two best shows of all time. Beautiful, because yeah. I am a huge, huge Breaking Bad mark. I right, think cool. that's that and Sons of Anarchy are probably my two favorite shows. Sons of Anarchy is good. It's yeah. good. Season two, I think I gotta say is the best. I like I the one when they know. go to when they go to Ireland. That's three. Three. That shit is fire yeah, too. Yeah, that, that is great. Good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, a movie to look out for that I just like got the um, pleasure of like seeing early before it goes out on Netflix. The Irishman, just in mm. the vein of like Goodfellas. Right, right, right. That sh- it is it is nuts, and it's like rooted in history, and just like just keep an eye out in November for that to come out on Netflix. Scorsese, just like it's crazy. Yeah, man, and Netflix is taking over the game. You guys might be wondering why. I even have Conrad on here. Conrad is uh, working for Culture Hub, like we mentioned before. But, you know, one of the guys who is a a contributor and runs the site and whatnot is, is a mutual friend of mine and his, you know, his boss, I guess you could say, yeah. whatever. Um, but, yeah, like they did, a, they did a pretty cool piece on me. So I definitely want, you know, a little cross promotion. They're helping me out, giving me a nice little platform as well. And you guys could hear about it see it read it and whatnot i'll make sure it's on all the links and whatnot and it was pretty cool that's actually the first time that i got interviewed like that so you'll always be remembered in the archives for, yeah. for that one but uh yeah man we were we were, we spent some time together talking about it and you're a sports fan too right absolutely like what sports are you into i'd say soccer and basketball is my number one tier and then it goes from there. Football, baseball, probably next. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely basketball and soccer with me. We actually have a little series called VMFC where, you know, anytime like it's a major, major soccer tournament, Euro Cup, okay. World Cup, it actually did fairly well the first time we did it. The Euro Cup, like one of our highest rated episodes ever was the Euro Cup preview show. And during the World Cup last year, we did a pretty much like one or two episodes a week leading up to the final and whatnot and it was pretty cool about it i love soccer man soccer is one of my favorite uh sports probably my favorite sport of all time if i had to really pick dude speaking of soccer and we talked about movies and whatnot it just crossed my mind did you happen to catch the maradona documentary no i did not i checked that out on your on your page man Um, it is it's great it's great my my dad's favorite athlete of all time heard so many stories about maradona and argentina and even if you're not a sports even if you're not a soccer fan it's not really a story about soccer right it's more about the story of you have this athlete who's the elite of the elite right at the time some of my customers in the city were like yeah we don't we don't really fuck with soccer but yeah everyone knew maradona in the 80s right? right it's like one of those things where 
you know, can you think of an athlete right now that you might not follow their sport, but you know, like their name? Like that's uh, interesting. I would say maybe this might be controversial, but maybe OBJ for some people. I mean, there's there's girls and stuff who probably don't watch football. Um, well, maybe they know he's a football star, but his what he brings his with persona, like design, and his, his persona, right? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, but it's something along those lines, right? Like, for example, for me, I don't really watch gymnastics. Yeah. But I know Simone Biles, right? right. Like, she won the gold medals yes. and whatnot, and she's probably, like, the greatest gymnast we've had yeah. in a long time. She just broke the record, I think. Right, yeah, yeah, just a couple a couple of weeks ago. So, it's, like, that would be an example where, like, I don't know when the next big gymnastics tournament is going to be, but I know that name. That's how it was with Maradona in the 80s, like... This is also in the 80s when, like, you had MJ, you had Bird, you had Magic. Right. Right. You had all these big name athletes. You had Montana, Jerry Rice. Gretzky. Gretzky yeah. was in his heyday, too. And it's like, this guy actually got voted the number one athlete in the world in 1986 when he won the World Cup with Argentina. That's crazy. Right. And he's like a, f- what, five, six? Yeah. Yeah. It does not look like, yeah. Well, that's how all soccer players are, kind of, too. Right. Like, Messi isn't towering that's why there's a big appeal with cristiano ronaldo because that guy looks like a model number one yeah he's ripped he's a monster yeah and then messi's like this like little ass dude but like try taking the ball away from him you know what i mean so like the story of maradona what's so fascinating about it is man they should like really give me money for promote promoting it because i've talked this thing up to so (laughs) many people i'm like yo you gotta watch this shit but it's also a story of like yo how should we treat our athletes are they supposed to be the role models for everyone? Like, my role models are my parents. Yeah. I'm not expecting LeBron James to be super clean cut down the line, even right. though he is. He is. You know what I mean? Like, he's a great role model, but, like, I don't go to them for them to teach me how to be a man. Right. If that makes sense. So, it's like with Maradona... He was doing so much wild shit. Yeah. The guy was a party animal, right? Mm-hmm. Drugs and women coke, and prostitutes yeah. and cocaine everywhere. But it's like the Italian Federation was protecting them for so long. And I don't want to give away the documentary if you haven't checked okay. it out. But it's like, you know, in 1990, they play the World Cup in Italy. Italy was a favorite. Semifinals, they play in Naples. If you know Maradona's story, he went to Napoli. Okay. When he went to Napoli, just imagine... Imagine if LeBron James in his prime, let's say like five years ago, right? He's still at the top of his game, but let's say like 2012 LeBron James. Peak athleticism. Yeah, decided, yo, I'm going to go play for the Hawks. Right. Goes to the Hawks, wins a championship, wins two championships, makes them super relevant, drives up the value of the team on Forbes. And then all of a sudden when he wants to leave, because he wanted to leave Naples for a while, they're like, no, you're not going nowhere. You're not going nowhere, right? And also, like, imagine LeBron James being being Canadian or being from or being French, for example, right? And then the World Cup is played in the U.S. And to go to the final, that game is being played in Atlanta. Right, LeBron has spent all this time with the Hawks. Maradona has spent all this time with Naples. A reporter asked him, "Like, yo, you're playing Italy in the semifinal in Naples. Who do you think the crowd should root for?" He's like, "Oh, they should root for me and my people, Argentina. Like, I just gave you seven years. I won two Serie A's, which you had never done before. You won the UEFA Cup, 
right? Like, you were beating Juventus and AC Milan and Inter Milan because of me. Right. Right? We had the number one selling jersey in the world because of me. And then, man, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. They're doing the national anthem. And he's over there, and like they start booing Maradona and Argentina during their anthem, and he snaps, bro. He loses his mind. He's like, "Word, it's like that, motherfuckers, like that." Yeah. And then he scored a penalty and penalty kicks that put him through. And then that's when the fuckery really started, where the Italian Federation turned on him. So he got suspended from Syria and the Italian Federation, and he wasn't able to play soccer for six months because they knew all this shit that he was doing. You know what I mean? And right. it's like now that... But when it wasn't benefiting them. Exactly. Exactly. So how do you think, man, we treat our athletes in, in 2019? Do you think we... Do you think we expect too much from them? Um, by we, you mean you mean the fans? Fans, yeah. Okay. Fan, short for fanatic, too. Like, it's very right. important to always remember that also. Right. You know? Um... That's a very good question. Uh, when you were bringing up, like, the uh, athletes don't have to be a role model, it made me think of how much on a pedestal Michael Phelps was mm-hmm. in in and around 08, and he breaks the record. And then there's, like, a picture of him hitting a bong, you and know? And people lost their mind. Right. And so to the extent that either parents or kids, and more to the parents' side of it... Uh, Right? Do they do they want their kid to fully look up to this person? I still think, yeah, because you know we were talking a bit about earlier. You know, you kind of have to make a make a choice at at a point in life um, where you're gonna do and put your passion and put your devotion mm-hmm. to that. And these athletes have absolutely done that. And there's all these inspiring stories. And uh, getting a bit off the question, I guess. Do we expect too much of them? I'd say yeah at times. What do you think? It's tough. It's tough. And sometimes I think the athlete does it to themselves when they chime in on certain things. You know, like there was a whole stick to basketball, stick to dribbling or whatever right. with LeBron Shut James. Shut up and right? dribble. Shut up and dribble. There you go. Um, I'm for it. I do think like in the end of the day, we forget that they are also human. Yeah. Right. And it sounds so simple, but I've been able to meet some of my heroes and whatnot. And I've noticed that when you're super casual and treat them like they're regular, they appreciate that. And they remember you more. Right. You know, as opposed to being like super fanboyed out and whatnot. And again, if I was to meet Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was to walk into Culture Hub right now. I'd probably lose my shit. Right. You know, like all bets are off. But for the most part, I've been able to meet a lot of people, uh, whether like. You know, just being at certain places at the right time or not, and just being like cool and chill, yeah. very like calm. An- another part of it too is that you know fans are so are such a wide array of people, and uh, and Michael Jordan got he didn't really get killed about anything, you know, back in the nineties and stuff. But like he would not speak out on social issues at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a tiny bit, I mean, imagine the media today if Jordan wasn't speaking out on out on stuff uh, globally or domestically. People would crush him for it. And they did crush him a tiny bit. But people also get mad at LeBron when he, right, the shut up and dribble thing. Yeah, and he's yeah. just using his platform. Right. And now he's, he starts uninterrupted 
to give athletes a platform to be more than an athlete. And so fans and the media alike, I think, can crush people. But also, there's two sides to this. And, uh, and you know, LeBron just started a damn school for right. underprivileged kids. And the... As long as as long as he, you know, Steve Kerr even yesterday. This is, this is a bit different, but Steve Kerr said he uh, he wasn't really knowledgeable enough about the situation with the NBA in China. Yo, I swear on everything, I was gonna bring up Steve right, Kerr. He right. was trending like three days ago, yeah. and it was because he didn't say anything. Right, people kept putting his name out. Well, like, people say how he usually does say exactly. Stuff. So the fact that he stayed quiet, like how dare you not say something about something right. you have no idea about? You know, because nowadays, like this is the argument I always make with people and with fans, like on Twitter. Right, you watch. You watch a first quarter of a basketball game or a football game or a first period of a hockey game, and you're ready to be like, yo, this team sucks. That guy sucks, right? And then he'll go and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. It's like, all right, you're going back and you're deleting it because I know you're doing that because everyone does that, right? Like, yo, (laughs) wait, wait, consume everything. I hate, and I shouldn't say hate, but I struggle when breaking news happens, but I guess it's the field that I'm in right now in the sports media world where... Yo, this guy just got hurt or this guy just got traded. What are your thoughts? It's like, dude, hold on. Can I just like take this all in quick? Yeah. Can I look at the contract? Can I look uh, at Everybody wants to be the first one to break a story and the first one to, to give a take. Yeah, 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 yeah. To give the hot take. Yeah. And the first thing I thought when Steve Kerr came out with that was like it's okay to say that you don't know enough. Because that's what you should do sometimes. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, I think I, I, t- I talk about it with, like, when a backup quarterback becomes a starting quarterback. I think a team knowing what his weaknesses are is a strength. Yeah. Like, the Saints. The Saints have been able to weather the storm with Drew Brees getting hurt. Because it's like, we know Teddy Bridgewater is not Pat Mahomes. He's not going to throw the ball 50 yeah. yards downfield. It's like, no, we're going to throw everything underneath. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Like, that's not a bad thing. No. You understand what he's good at. Right. And that's what he's good at. And that's cool. Yeah, and they probably knew that getting him, too. I remember when they made the trade, I was like, I was like damn, he's just going to be a backup. But they've got an aging QB. And they know this guy's a consummate professional and a good leader. And that's exactly what he's doing. Right? Yeah. Weathering the storm, like you said. Do you want to get into the... We're, um, yeah, I wanted. Uh, yeah, I think we could wrap up with that too, because I, I think it does tie into a lot of the things that we touched on. And <clears throat> make sure you guys go and check that out. And you know, Conrad, you'll put out your social media stuff at the end and where they could find Culture Hub and whatnot. But you know, we were talking before we started recording, and I was like, let's save it for the podcast. Nowadays in the NBA, and you said that the NBA is probably one of your favorite sports. Um, is your favorite sports? You put it in the top tier. Yo, I have an issue with these guys adapting this AAU thing. Like, it seems like the NBA has turned into AAU. Do you know what AAU is? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's like the travel basketball leagues that all these kids play at when they're younger. And, you know, like high school high school basketball has kind of diminished over the years because AAU is right. like, I'm going to go and play for this Adidas-sponsored team and I'm going to yeah. get all this free merch and then the networking and, some- and whatnot. Right. There's some and corruption. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a, That definitely is corruption there. So I guess how I want to pose this is 
you see it a lot in the NBA where these guys sign these max contracts. Like Paul George, right? He's on stage at this concert with Russ Westbrook. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm staying put. We're riding this out. And then, like, what? Not even 18 months later, a year later, he got traded. Yeah. Because he initially he wanted to be in L.A. anyway. Yeah. You know? So how you feel about these guys, like, signing these big contracts? Like, yeah, dude, I don't think I'm going to buy a jersey again. I want to buy an R.J. Barry jersey, but I don't think I'm going to because is he going to be on the Knicks in five years? That's a good point. Yeah, all the Porzingis jerseys. Yeah, like we were ready to put that jersey in the rafters. Right. And now he's not there no more. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, you brought up PG in that, in that kind of twisted or that, or that made me realize something about my take that I wasn't necessarily taking in. Um, I think putting power in the player's hands is a good thing, but it also... Because the owners shouldn't have this much power, mm. right? They're not they're not really the ones putting their bodies on the line. Um Yeah, they're not the draw. No one's going to Madison Square Garden to see James Dolan. Unless they want uh, to heckle yeah. him. Yeah, you know, he might right? be a bad example because people want to go and like Well people are actually probably not going because of James Dolan, right? Right, right, right. But so, to like cut his ass and make fun of him, they're yeah, probably yeah. doing that. But yeah, like I, I hear what you're saying. Banned for life like that yeah, one thing. Yeah. But I also think it's different with PG. PG was probably on his OKC was his third contract probably. But I mean, look at Devin Booker. You're in the you're in the worst franchise in the NBA. Probably one of the worst franchises in the league. You've got the worst owner in Sarver. And I'd uh, put the Suns bottom five across all sports in this yeah. country as like top to, whether it's factoring in roster. Uh, coaching staff, ownership, Probably situation, just stuff, everything yeah. is just bad. Though, you know what? They actually have one of the best medical staffs in the world. Do they? Yeah, because okay. I remember reading about uh, they didn't want to re-sign Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire because they knew what bad shape those guys were in. So they, they right have like Amari. A, they, yeah. yeah, they have like a world-renowned medical staff. So maybe there it's top of the line. Right. But, it, but yeah, the point remains. Yeah, right, right. So like a guy like Devin Booker, elaborate more. Okay. So when you're when these when these guys are are 18 and 19 and break into the league and then right you do you do 3 years and then on your third year I think or before Jamal Murray Ben Simmons they just sign these these massive contract extensions and they're in good places but you throw all that money in front of Ben uh in front of Devin Booker he's not going to say no because he can get the most money out of them and that's the same with what Anthony Davis did Right, so people, so I think the argument there for saying, for saying like, well, you signed the contract, so it's not fair and it's not right if you have years left on your deal to ask for a trade, and to like hold them hostage, essentially hold your team hostage. Um, I don't think that's necessarily fair for such a young player who gets that money offered in front of them, and, I mean. I don't think the Suns are going to be that good this year. Devin Booker, either this year or next year, is going to ask for a trade or something. And where do the Suns go? So it's a it's an issue that Adam Silver needs to address, I think. But I don't think that us as fans can look at Anthony Davis last year, who the Pelicans are essentially not really surrounding him with anybody that he can work with, and then Devin Booker next year. Or, you know, if it happens, I'm speculating a bit. But I don't think we can chastise them for it. And I think the league office needs to look at a way to 
you know, get these to, to solve this issue, but without, without, um, holding the, uh, the players hostage in a different sense of leaving them with these franchises that are giving them nothing. I mean, LeBron was such a talent that he could bring the Cavs to the finals in his fourth year, but they were giving him nothing. Mm. They were giving him nothing to work with and he could have asked out and I don't see how anybody could have gotten mad at him for that. So people often bring up his record in the finals. And I say that was basically winning a championship, taking that Cavaliers. It's like Booby Gibson, uh, oh my God, Delonte Drew Gooden West or something. And yeah, like uh, Galskis. And yeah, it was just such a shit roster. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think sorry to, no, to no, cut no. off real quick. I think they could have gotten Amari one of those years, but they didn't want to give up some some journeyman, some absolute journeyman. They didn't. Want those to are always the, the the hindsight is twenty twenty trades are always right. great. You know, like Gerald Wallace ended up becoming Damian Lillard. Right. You know, which at the time you didn't know that that draft uh-huh. pick would pan out to be a guy like Dame. But yeah, man, it's interesting. I think the issue that the NBA has is that because eventually all these guys are going to want to play on 10, 11 teams, you know, and then That's from there, point. it's it just becomes even more top heavy than it already is. You know, last year, everyone was like, why am I going to watch basketball the last couple of years? Like, I know right. Golden State is going to go to the finals and. I strongly disagree with that because I think the league is at such a good place right now because there's every single team up until the Knicks last season, you can make a strong case that, you know, they're a league pass team. There's a guy on every single roster that you would want to tune in and watch. Right. And even the Knicks this year, you're like, yo, let me see what's good with RJ Barrett. Julius Randle. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what's up with uh, Devin Booker in Phoenix. Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Trey Young, Atlanta. Exactly. Yep. You know, they have a they're gonna probably have a fun squad. I like the Hawks this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. You know, they could be a team that maybe overachieves if they can make the playoffs, but I, I like their young roster going forward. But yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. And Adam Silver has been pushing this idea of, you know, maybe not having this be the way. Because right. he realizes he's he's the woke commissioner. Yeah. You know, so Let's see, man. Uh, you know, we can, we've been going for about 25 minutes now, and uh, I think it's a good place to stop. Thank you for jumping on. Thank you for the piece that you're putting together and you've put together. Shout out to Culture Hub one time. Definitely check them out. It's at Culture Hub on. Actually, you know what? The floor is yours, man. Where can they find you? Tell, tell them where they can follow Culture Hub and all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. At Culture Hub on Instagram, Twitter the same. And, uh, you know, we've got our site up and running. Check that out. We got some dope videos that our guy puts together and uh yeah definitely check us out and thanks for having me man and uh look forward to collaborating in the future and what about you where do you, are, are you on social media i'm sure you are i am on social media yeah con underscore h9 so uh check that out um yeah i'll make sure guys in the description Instagram. i'll yeah. make sure the description has everything on there that you can find these guys make it easier for you definitely check them out they're pretty cool and yeah of course I, i'm sure uh, me and some of the higher ups that I'm cool with will be able to do some fun stuff in the future. So thanks again. As far as I go, guys, you know you know the vibes at the Lamb Show on social media outlets. Check out the Patreon page. Check us out on YouTube. Everything's at Veterans Minimum. So if you're not down with that, you know how it goes. We'll catch you guys next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.